Can you believe how stupid CBS is? Ty, what are you even saying? Oath of the Idol is the greatest thing they've ever come up with. Any last words, Ty? No. Yes. Hello and welcome. I hope you enjoyed the uh, mini trailer. I went back and cut that all together from things that happened in this episode because I'm a time hopper. (laughs) And you can go hear the rest of it in the rest of this episode. What am I saying? We wanted to just do as Survivor does and do a weird mini trailer for the whole episode that was completely unnecessary. It's like, and I can talk about this with my co-host in a second, but when YouTube movie trailers do that thing now where they show like a five second version of a trailer before the trailer that you're watching and it's just baffling. So that's what we're talking about here today on the island. (laughs) Week number two of Survivor Season 39, Island of the Idols, and I am Taylor Gaines, my co-host with me. He's always wondered about chiropractors. Like, are they legit? It's Tyler B. Commons. Dude, I never knew that people knocked chiropractors. Like, so in high school, I dated a girl, and her father was a chiropractor, and I went and saw him, like, twice a week. It was awesome. And Just but to hang now out getting... and try to court his daughter. <laughs> No, mostly just making sure my hamstrings wouldn't explode. Chiropractors do hamstrings? Well, I mean, everything's all attached, back, buns, hamstring, you know, (laughs) workout. I used buns because it's a funny, playful word. Um, But anyways, apparently people doubt chiropractors, and I've just never doubted a chiropractor. So I still stand by them. I think everybody should. They're the best. That's the stand Ty is taking in 2020. Back chiropractors. Oh, man. Ty, what did you make of the mini-trailer? I thought, wow, this is super weird. <laughs> but it also didn't, like, upset me in any way. I was like, okay, well, I mean, it's literally just a shortened version of next time on Survivor. And I was like, that's cool. Like, I'm a, I am I don't know who it's for. I mean, maybe it's for exactly. these new Gen Zers that are getting into the show or something. But I was like, that's I, I kind of vaguely remember what's happening. <laughs> Isn't this the ongoing conversation we have about the shows? Like, who do they think their audience is? Like, why don't they appeal to who is already their audience and just, like, make a good survivor? Because Jeff's explanation for the mini trailer was, we, quote, wanted to engage the audience even more in the mystery of each episode. Just like, what? (laughs) But it is in keeping with survivors, and granted, this is not of one teams doing but survivors recent tradition of spoiling things like crazy (laughs) yeah i um so i don't actually watch like a recording of the television i'm i have to watch it a day later on the cbs website so i don't see trailers such as the ones from last week where apparently everybody instantly knew who was going to tribal i didn't know that but it was a big deal (laughs) i can clarify two things which is number one the team who made the mini trailer is actually the production team. That was them. The marketing team is with CBS because Jeff Probst actually went on Twitter and sort of railed against them yeah. uh, before this week's episode. He said, to those of you frustrated by the survivor spoilers in the promos, I have to admit, I too find it mind numbing and it pains me to have to join in your complaints against survivor CBS, but I am. 
Despite being on the air 20 years, we still have not earned the right to approve our own promo spots. The purpose of a promo is to entice you to watch without giving away what it is we want you to watch. We have no say in that. I encourage you to continue complaining in the hopes they will finally submit. But spoilers notwithstanding, tonight's Survivor episode is great, super fun, enjoy. And for those who didn't see it like Ty, last week there was an interstitial, like one of those things during a commercial break where they showed the Lyro tribe putting their torches into the fire at tribal council and it said something along the lines of survivor will be right back you know one of those and Mm. this week before this week's episode they were showing a teaser that clearly showed kelly being the castaway who was sent to island of the idols so they've just been spoiling like major parts of the episodes (laughs) which obviously led to jeff speaking out and it's just baffling I, i don't know how i mean TV executives are old, clueless people most of the time, but boy, this is something. I think if we want to try and take something away from this, we've learned nothing if not that Jeff Probst is a man of the people. He will take to Twitter, and he will fight Papa CBS on this one, because they did. They made a mistake, and like I said, I watch it the next day on their website, so I was not spoiled, but is that a that challenge? is a big goof up that navigating is through their up. website without finding spoilers to get to the video no it's really easy you just open up your web browser and go cbs.com slash survivor and then the two episodes pop up that's it there's no spoilers <laughs> well that's a nice way to go about it i guess we can have a different conversation on another day about whether spoilers affect enjoyment of things but we maybe had a whole other podcast about that at one point called natural selection so check that out and since we're talking about old things bringing things back that we already know the ending of ty we finally got all the way in episode two our classic famous last words episode (laughs) do you still enjoy these do i enjoy the famous last words that people say when they're like comfortable and like I feel confident going well, into tonight. <laughs> I guess that's the first question I should ask you is, how many minutes into this episode did you know how it was going to end? I'm not going to lie. Maybe I'm just drawn in because this is a fun cast and there's lots of dynamics going. I did not know that Molly was going to go home. They tricked me. I thought Jamal was going to go home because Jamal had the line of... I feel confident going into tonight, or whatever it was they always say. Well, but they were all talking about it being Molly versus Nora. You just thought they were going to completely producer blindside us? <laughs> I mean, I, yes. Yes, I've fallen prey to this show being good again, and I think that's positive. The show is good, so I'm not sitting here analyzing it. I'm actually, like, weirdly, obliviously, in the moment, enjoying this show again, and I absolutely love it. I'm happy to have you here with me now that you're on (laughs) CBS's payroll. But, like, I felt like they laid it on a lot thick in this one. Like, Jamal had the line that you sort of referred to, or, or like, the sequence of events you referred to, where he started saying, I think we're really impressed with ourselves, and we're just surprised that we're handling this so well. And then he took a nap. (laughs) and, (laughs) And then... 
he said he thought they were an unsuspecting alliance. And at that point in my notes, I wrote down, if this doesn't fall apart, I would be shocked. And in tribal, it was just laid on even thicker where Jamal was like, this game's in first gear. You're playing from the bottom. I don't have to do that. And they edited Molly to look really smug. They even weirdly edited when she was talking to Jason where she was saying, oh, I like you. Like, I've tried to connect with you. And they, like, it seemed like they cut off the end of what she was going to say so that it sounded like (laughs) she was talking about it very clinically, just like, no, I have tried to connect with you because that's what a good Survivor player does. And I don't know. I just was not surprised at all. But Yeah, but I know that she was kind of set up to take the fall, but you got to see a lot of, like you said, gameplay from Jamal where he was, you know, confident. He took a nap. Um, at one point, he was talking to Nora at the well, like, why Why do you need to stay? You know, like, he was that, he was the kingpin. He was the one asking the questions, kind of driving the train. And yeah, but even that conversation was so, like, he was so oblivious. He, he She was trying to engage with him, and he was just like, oh, yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me. And, like, he was just kind of pestering her down, and uh, it just felt like, he was they edited him and molly to look very clueless whether they were or not (laughs) well as it turns out molly was very clueless about what was about to happen yeah it sounds like from what she had to say in her interviews today that she uh had not figured it out no she said that she actually even thought that um jack and jamal turned on her and it it took a few weeks of you know people who are still currently playing the game coming to ponderosa and explaining like no it it was a blindside and it they were blindsided too you know like she didn't know how the vote broke down she said and i thought that was really interesting i thought that was cool that it wasn't just a tv blindside we talk about just tv blindsides all the time and the fact that she got on and did interviews today and was like no this was like this was a real-life blindside. I had no idea I was going home. It was actually really cool to see. It was really awesome to know, at least in this instance, that people did go behind her back, and they had conversations and were like, look, she's secretly running this, and we know that. And she might know that, but she didn't feel like she knew it. So to see an entire thing kind of rally around follow, or following behind Lauren and Tommy was really cool. It was really awesome to see a genuine blindside take place. Yeah, I thought the gameplay was pretty interesting. We can debate whether it was like way too early to do something like this, but mm-hmm. I think uh for me to clarify my earlier comments, I think I just wish they had made it a little more subtle because there was a lot there and I am usually a fan of like, show me all the options that you possibly can without it being just stupid. Like show me the two or three main things that can happen and make me feel like any of them can happen. And to me, it just felt like only one thing was going to happen. Mm. Well, you definitely had keener senses on this episode than I did. Cause I was convinced it was going to be Jamal. <laughs> I'm, I'm baffled by this. I feel like we've had so many conversations about feeling like, something is obvious and uh this one felt so obvious to me but i think uh there also is something really enjoyable about 
this kind of episode because you just get to see different people fall in the same way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And this wasn't one of the best ones ever because the best ones are when the people who are falling are just really jerks and you're just like, yes, go down, person. But I liked these people and I thought they actually tried to edit them to make them look worse than they were. <laughs> yeah, like they were sitting in tribal and, you know, Jason was talking about how he felt so far in the outs. And then this totally weirded me out. Molly felt offended that jason was so far on the outs and i was like how are you turning this into you're offended jason feels like he's on the outs because from what we've seen now clearly we don't see all 72 hours or you know 144 of what's happened in the show so far but jason was you know having that moment to explain himself and he's like i'm on the outs jeff i've been on the outs i've had a target people just aren't connecting with me and molly's like I'm offended you feel like you're on the outs. I tried talking to you, which, you know, in your defense, I probably should have picked up on a little bit more as that means Molly's going home. But it it was really odd to see them try to nitpick and come up with reasons why we don't like Molly. Because I think Molly was a great player and everybody knew that and everybody liked Molly. So let's talk about that because my first reaction was when I watched her talk in the confessional afterwards, she said something along the lines of like, I don't know what I did wrong. Like, I guess, like, I guess I got cocky, I think was one thing she said. And it just made me think that survivor is at a stage where people are playing so hard that you can actually, and I think we've talked about this in previous seasons, like you can do pretty much nothing wrong and get voted out just because people are making moves really really early yeah there's not that sort of ride with the current of the ocean going on everyone's like i gotta make a move i gotta make a move well molly seems really good uh she got compared to poverty in like every single interview and article and everything everything that i was reading today because she has a nice electric personality and a lot of people said she'll smile at you and she'll get to talk to you and everybody knows and it stinks because it's almost like they voted her out because she's a cool nice person and that sucks you know what i'm saying because we'll think about christian a few years ago everybody loved christian everybody on that season loved christian everybody that watched the season loved christian and then in the end they were like dude, there's no way we can sit next to him. And, you know, they let him make top six, but with Molly, they were like, say, we can't trust her to make it through episode two. We yeah, can't things, trust her to make it past day six. That's how much things have shifted in such a short amount of time that people were talking about Christian being dangerous, but he still made it a while. People talked about mm-hmm. her being dangerous, and she was gone instantly. Yeah, and I guess if we're talking big picture about the show, I don't know that that's the best way to go because it doesn't feel like there's any ride or die alliances this season and the only people that felt like they had those uh ronnie and aaron that is broken up and now jamal jack and molly that trio being broken up everyone else is just like i'm just feeling out the situation i'll vote anyone out that anyone wants but it's like a voting block but but like less emotionally invested than a voting block it's it's weird And I don't know what I think is the best thing to do anymore. Like, I feel like the 
game has progressed to such a frenetic stage in its existence that I don't know how you go back. Like, how can you revolutionize the game by coming in and being slow or traditional? Like, you just can't. Yeah, and I, that's the tough part. So, um, it's the same way, and I'm probably going to lose a lot of people on this one, but I play a lot of video games. And video oh, games are, you lost me. Video games are fantastic when you play them for fun. Think about, like, uh, Mario Party or Mario Kart. Probably mm, most people have back. some experience with what those are. Those games are really fun to play casually with your friends. But now that it's been out for 20 years, there's like pro-level players and pro-level play. Everybody tries too hard. It's no longer like a fun experience. So as soon as you see somebody starting to get an edge in Survivor in Mario Kart, you take them out as fast as you can. And that's what this game is becoming. I don't I don't want to say this show has run out its life because I don't think it has, but it feels like the casual sort of gameplay everybody's an expert now there's nobody that comes into this blind unless they're recruited but the people that are being recruited are still out there to have fun you know i'm interested to see what elizabeth does this next week because she's a new player she was recruited um i'm interested to to see tom who's the other athlete they were recruited i don't want this show to become a show of only recruits because i want diehard fans to be on it you know, including us one day, hopefully. But it's really tough when everybody feels like they have to play at such a high level that everyone wants to make a move early and often. Yeah, you end up like, with white guy in jeans winning. You've gone from trying to anticipate the move the other person's going to make to trying to anticipate the move that you think the other person thinks that you think that they think you think they are going to make before you do. And mm-hmm. it's just a level that's insane and i don't even know how to credit people for being good anymore i'm really interested to see how this develops because like i don't know what the lessons are in in a season where lessons are part of the curriculum in a very literal way which we can talk about in, <laughs> in a little bit because this this week's visit to island of the idols was something else but before we move off of the Vokai tribe. Let's talk about Nora. All right. Because I think last week Elaine stole the episode. She was pretty invisible this week, but I talked on our first episode about Nora secretly being the most interesting thing that happened. And boy, did she live up to that this week. I mean, she opened the episode with a, just an epically cut together series of comments about like people not working while they're sleeping and I <laughs> just coconuts and firewood just going on and on just like she was basically like berating people like oh yeah while you were asleep I built a new fort for us so that we could hang out and you just thought it would be fine to sleep while I was doing that well like I killed three chickens while you were asleep. Why didn't you help? And and people were like, bro, we were sleeping. <laughs> and I think even at that point in the episode, I was worried about Molly because they framed her as like being the bad guy almost for being annoyed. <laughs> and I was like, I think that was annoying. <laughs> I would be annoyed. And I think just in this episode alone, we saw Nora lead a yoga session where she like, put her face underwater on accident we saw her dance 
on the beach when Jason kept saying stop dancing uncontrollably (laughs) and in a more serious way we saw her like psychoanalyzing herself at tribal council talking about how she learned from her experience just in these six days that you have to look back at your actual life and realize that oh wow some of the problems happening in my actual life are being magnified in this game and you talk about Survivor as a social experiment and Nora, contrary to what we were worried about, because it looked like she was just like an Instagram influencer or whatever, is an oddball and is really fascinating to watch. And I thought this was the main part of the episode that fascinated me. She is an odd person. Um, I was like, what? why is everybody doing yoga and then she's leading it but it's like right after everybody's saying how annoying or annoyed they are with her so that was really interesting but this is what i think survivor is doing really really well this season is they're introducing you to people not only who they are in the game but who they are in real life you alluded to the conversation she she was having in tribal where she said you know i've been I've been a doer my entire life. I just have to keep doing. I have to keep going. I have to keep motivating. Whether I'm an entrepreneur, whether I'm doing, you know, X, Y, or Z, she's like, I always swim. I never stop swimming. I'm going to tread water until I die. Now, when you look back at my life, I'm single and I've been doing blah, 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 and blah, 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 and X, Y, Z. And I think that's what is making this season awesome is we're, we're getting to meet people we're getting to know who they are we're getting to know who elaine is we got to know a little bit about elizabeth um love it or hate it i think i learned more about sandra's personal life this episode than i ever have um just with who she is and i think survivor's doing a wonderful job of letting us know who these people are even though you have 42 minutes and it's between this person or this person you know who they are and just just mad props. That's something that I don't think Survivor's done super well in the recent past. Um, but it's something I hope they continue to do. Now, on to <laughs> her Survivor gameplay. Dude, I don't know what she's doing. She's not quite big windy where she's like purposefully sabotaging herself. But she's definitely like almost already out of the running. But she's definitely subconsciously like she said, falling victim to some of these patterns she sees in her life back home that isolate herself. And the fact that she can realize that is great for her. I'm happy to see well, that but this she is had the that social moment. question, right? Like at what point should you not change who you are? And at what point should you, I mean, I don't think <laughs> you should be a person walk around being like, you know why I didn't sleep for us. I didn't sleep for us, but like, I also think her being like a yoga person and dancing a bunch and just being sort of weird is like who she is. And I don't think she should feel bad about that. No. And I don't think you should feel bad about who you are unless you're a serial killer, but she doesn't, there need to be times people need to be socially aware. And I know that there's a lot of instances where I lack in, self-actualization and how people are perceiving me and whatever and that's something i need to work on and i think that's something 
every single person in the world probably needs to work on. By the way, can you please put on some pants for this recording? It's like a little weird. I don't wear pants after 4 p.m. I I thought you knew that by now. (laughs) But there need to be people, and she says she's been isolating herself for so long, but you need to have people in your life that tell you if there's weird things you do, like don't wear pants after 4 p.m. You need to surround yourself with people that can speak into your quirks, maybe tell you something needs to change, and you not say, oh, that person's being mean. Don't think everyone's being mean. Do you think people want you to be better? Sounds like you've done a lot of work, Ty. <sighs> the the, the high my work week, so, you know. The high school analogy is is tired to me, though. Like, I actually thought our friend Andy Dennert put this well in his recap. He said, uh, Nora called the blind side the revenge of the nerds. Though her high school must have been very different from mine. I wasn't a nerd. I wasn't smart enough. But I certainly wasn't one of the popular kids. And at my school, neither the nerds nor the newspaper kids walked around talking nonstop and telling the popular kids what to do. Uh, And Molly posted a picture on Twitter, sarcastically it seems, saying it was tough being a middle school queen. And it's her with braces and like huge hair. So... (laughs) Yeah, fun I, stuff. And Molly, obviously, as we talked about in the preseason episode, was the uh, one person, the first person cast, because she said, "Hey, I need to go to law school," and they said, "No, come do Survivor." Yeah, and I, I guess I see where the high school nerds, jocks, athletes, goths, emos, dweebs, whatever breaks down. But let's just admit, it's still true. Like, life is that way. I realize I want that to break down, but life's that way. I, I'm like, I'm recording a Survivor podcast. I love Survivor. I'm a nerd. Well, I, uh, I ran out of a really cool party to come do this, so let's, like, wrap this up. Uh, did you leave, uh, like, a CrossFit gym training class, and you were like, oh, hold on, I gotta go do this thing. I can't tell you guys about it. Yeah, we're doing, like, shots and CrossFit. It's where you like take a shot of tequila and then you do 40,000 push-ups and then you take another shot of tequila. <laughs> Sick, bro. Yeah, I'm very cool. Uh, speaking of very cool, before we move off of this tribe, I really loved Jack and his self-actualization experience. <laughs> He's like, you know what I've realized? You know what I've realized being here? Is that I don't want to work at a desk and wear a suit. I just want to like experience things and like live my life like i want to ride a bull named fu manchu and watch an eagle as it's flying you know yeah but i feel like that's also like what we have been asking for is thoughtful people that are going to think about stuff not just be like the is he? Is I don't he, wanna, I don't want to knock it, but the fig tales of the world, where it's just two cute people and like, oh, I think he, she's cute. I think he's cute. Let's be island item boyfriend. Oh, remember thing. Jessica and guy whose name started with a C? Cole, where he was like literally in <laughs> love with her. <laughs> yeah, but I, there's more substance to this. And, you know. It, it is weird that he had to make the not sitting at a desk job metaphor, but it's also like, if you, if you think about it, is he right? Is he right? I mean, maybe I'm just jealous, but he is 23, so who knows where his head's at. Ty, let's talk about Island of the Idols. Let's do it. That's why we're here. Kelly from this tribe, Vokai, 
was selected to go as we found out in the spoilers and <laughs> boy it was something else i number one watching rob read the instructions will never get old and i hope they show all of that every week <laughs> because it's just so robotic and funny to me our again our friend annie dennert he put it best saying it feels like they ran out of lessons already in episode two because there was no actual teaching nor practicing and the point was very obvious. Sure, it's important to listen to your fellow players in a social game. It's also important to hold your breath while underwater. So, like, I kind of felt the same way. I was watching it and just thinking, is this an episode of Sesame Street? Like, the lesson was so transparently obvious and so easy that... I was kind of offended for Rob and Sandra that they used them to teach this lesson. And the whole thing, I just don't even know where to start with it. Like, he repeated two facts back to her. He was basically like, I know you went to Harvard. You're at Warden. You have a a boyfriend named Brock. I was listening. Were you listening? And I'm like, does him repeating two facts back mean that he was listening? And that's not even to get into the fact that the questions that they asked her were so easy. Like I could have answered two of those without even watching the show. And I just, I don't even know what to think about this. It was like, it was just the world's most obvious lesson, the world's easiest questions. I I was just baffled by it. I think for me, the most baffling part was, Oh, is that too hard? We'll make it easier and make the idol more powerful. That was really, honestly, I wasn't as upset about the, the like theme of this week of Island of the Idols because I know personally I struggle with names. I can remember general facts about people and get along with it, but like Sandra talking about her dogs, no no way in my entire life would I have remembered those. <laughs> but all that to be said, I wasn't bothered by Island of the Idols again this week. I it didn't bug me. I was like, okay, they're here. They're learning a lesson. They're teaching them like, hey, listen, know your people. You need a strong social game as well as physical game, especially because now the game is 98% social, 2% physical. I don't know. It it didn't bother me. I enjoyed it. I liked that we got to hear the Oath of the Idols again, mostly for the <laughs> meme, not because it's actually noteworthy in any way, but it was a waste of time, but it didn't bug me. <laughs> I mean, the only reason it didn't bug me is because I found it hilarious. Like, yeah. it was just, like, do we really need to teach super fans that they need to listen to what other people are saying? Do you need, do you need to teach humans that? Yes. What, are, what, what humans do you have to teach, like, hey, listening to other people is important? Maybe, I, I mean, I know that that sounds stupid because I know there are a lot of people who don't listen. But Taylor, like, Taylor, Taylor, have I ever told you what I do? I work with the youth of this nation. But my point is, if you were to give them the same exact lesson, they would be like, yeah, we know. Like, even if they're not listening, they still would not be, it would not be a groundbreaking lesson for them. You would be very surprised. All right, I'm out of touch. the amount of unthoughtful people that exist in this world. (laughs) Oh, I would not be surprised at the unthoughtful part. I just think, and I know there's a lot of people who don't listen to things. I just think like, being told in a social game that you should listen, I don't think anyone, even bad listeners, would be shocked by that lesson. I don't know. The The point is, it was dumb. We spent another 7 minutes, 55 seconds with Rob and Sandra in this episode, which again was about 18%. 
So they've now been on 18.5% of the season, uh, 19 minutes and 43 seconds out of one hour, 46 minutes and 33 seconds, as uh, Andy is keeping track of that on his site, realityblurred.com. So we'll see how that stacks up. It looks like they're probably going to be right around that number, like a fifth of the episode every week. But good stuff from Kelly there, I thought. Not so much in the listening, because that seemed easy, but (laughs) in the fact that she got an idol and she came back and pulled off a lie that appeared to work, even with all the crying. Yeah, her coming back and being like, guys, trust me, I didn't find anything. Look, I'm going to take off all my clothes and you can see. And everyone was like, no, no, please, (laughs) please don't do that. Don't just whatever you do, don't get naked right now. Yeah, I'm not sure why she was crying so much. Maybe it's because I'm not in touch with myself, but she handled it well. I think hiding the idol in her hair was hilarious and kind of awesome um, and entertaining. And she went there and she was, you know, expecting Cochran. She brought that up a few times, but seeing Robin Amber, Robin Amber, Robin Sandra, (laughs) she was still excited. And I thought this season, both Elizabeth and Kelly have at least done a great job at pretending to be excited. By the way, speaking of learning lessons, Elizabeth's whole thing was how to make a fire. And then she didn't step up once when they were showing the Lyro tribe struggling to make a fire. And Chelsea ended up doing it, which led to Tom losing his manhood, tragically. But, like, what was the point of that whole first week if Elizabeth didn't even learn how to make a fire? Oh, my God. It was Maybe she's just trying to hide it. I'm Like, I saw on Twitter Angelina from season 37 said that she had been told by some castaways that they were told to lie, that they were instructed not to tell their teammates that Rob and Sandra were there. I don't know if they were fed the same lie because they both told the same story about the three urns, Mm -hmm. but that is sort of an answer to that question. Yeah. I mean, I think they just watched Ghost Island or something. I mean, that's two seasons ago. And Sandra claimed credit on Twitter today for the idol in the bun move basically oh i bet she did i bet she, i mean sandra she said i should have made that bun tighter kelly i thought the idol would fall out sandra's good man sandra's <laughs> good i'm gonna be sad to see her go home super early on season 40 because everybody knows it <laughs> yeah so a lot of action on that tribe we other than the thing i just mentioned with the fire and chelsea finding a hidden immunity idol not much happening on lyro tribe did you think anything of that, Ty? I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot. Um, Aaron was super, super pissed, but we knew that coming into this episode. And if you didn't, you got to see that in the first 12 seconds, so that was good. Like you said, Chelsea started the fire, and she found an idol. So I think that in a, an episode not centered around the Lyro tribe, I think they did just enough to let us remember who these people are to introduce us to chelsea and to set up for you know the coming weeks yeah i just thought it was crazy like karishma elizabeth dean and elaine all were on screen for like zero seconds basically which Mm -hmm. was a sharp turnaround from last week but nonetheless ty we will have to put together our power rankings we'll do that in one second i should add one other post note on nora molly mentioned in one of her interviews this morning that nora made a fake immunity (laughs) idol and made up a whole story about climbing to the top of a mountain and saying that that's where she got it and basically everyone heard the whole story so they all knew she was lying just another tale of nora's greatness yeah i'm i'm surprised i didn't make the edit but 
when we got to the immunity challenge, I was like, oh, we ju- we're just not going to see the reward challenge for this week either. But luckily, it was a double challenge. Man, they celebrated like crazy for them spices. I thought it was funny because even Jeff was like taken aback. He's like, whoa, I-, I didn't tell them they had to celebrate. Why are you guys so pumped about salt and pepper? <laughs> oh, and it was scary watching Molly fall from that ladder over and over too. Mm. She said that she actually had the biggest bruise she'd ever had in her entire life from that. Maybe we'll see it in the coming weeks. Eh, probably not because she's out, but... Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Molly, I was thinking Chelsea. But Ty, our final three predictions are all still alive. You had Elaine and Tommy and Invisible Dean. I had Elizabeth, Jack, and Jamal. So interesting group of six that is still rolling right along. But now, Ty, let's do our uh, week two power rankings. Who is your number three player? from survivor week number two number three and again this is because you don't get to see a whole lot of both tribes but number three this week for me was lauren i think lauren was a lot more instrumental in the vote out of molly than we got to see we got to see her kind of instigating some talks with um tommy and things like that but i think that the way she speaks and the way she's motivating people to do stuff without um at least from what we've seen, painting a target on her back has been really well done. So for me, Lauren, number three this week. My number three, she was freaking out in her head the entire time, Kelly. I was impressed by that weird lie that she did. She has an idol. (laughs) She was on the right side of the vote. She was kind of a swing in that vote, which I always like. So hats off to her for a solid week. She's my number three. Coming in at number two, don't know why I went into announcer voice right there, Chelsea. Chelsea started fire, which is always going to be brownie points on your team, and she also found an idol, and she was on the winning team, so she was in no risk and only made her game better. Um, I now know who she is, at least a little bit, so that's good to know, and uh, I think that she had a really good episode. Not that we got to see a whole lot from her, but I think she just cemented her spot in her tribe and found an idol. Well, just to start the tradition of repeating names a little bit after you say them, <laughs> Lauren is my number two. She wasn't going to sit there and let the game play her. She was going to play it or whatever she said. And yeah, like you said, I think she was basically the mastermind from how it was edited, at least, behind getting Molly voted out. And that's a big move. I like it a lot. She seems like a good player. And with what we have to go off of so far, I'm impressed. This week, I gave her my number two. And for me, number one had to be Tommy this week. Because, well, he didn't have a whole lot to say. I thought the airtime that he got was very telling. Because Lauren felt like she had to go run it by Tommy. Then Tommy weighed out the options and said, you know, what's better for me? Is the cool kid table what's best for us or is the nerd table what's best for us? And starting that sort of, or at least continuing that story of school lunchroom, he did really well. But the people went to him and they trusted him. And while we didn't get to see a lot, I thought that was very telling that Lauren felt like she had to get either Tommy's approval or Tommy's vote or something from Tommy. I, I think I'm I'm reading a lot of 
body language and maybe behind the scenes stuff with this putting him at number one. But that is who my number one is for week two. I feel like you're kind of just reading the edit too, where he wasn't really a key cog in the vote. It seemed like the decision would have happened with or without him, but they made it seem as if he was important. And I started to get vibes of that like winner edit kind of thing because they just are showing him having human conversations with people and people treating him as important even when he's not. So although I didn't put him in my top three, I can see where that could come from. My number one you already mentioned, actually, Boston Rob and Sandra, (laughs) because I saw a video of them on Twitter where they were sleeping on the Island of the Idols on their little bamboo beds that they made. And if they are (laughs) actually living out there, then hats off, because I don't believe that they are. But the videos we are being shown are showing that they are, and I find that funny. But really, my number one you already said is Chelsea. I think... A lot of times in these early episodes, we fall victim to giving number one to someone who was just at tribal council because we saw them more. And I feel better about her tribe and where she's at on her tribe in the big picture. And obviously starting a fire, finding an idol, sort of coming across as unassuming still is really dangerous. And I like her. So... She's my number one for this week. Chelsea Lauren Kelly for me. Tommy Chelsea Lauren for you. Anything else, Ty? Do you like to stick out or stick in? I like to be a part of the fog. I don't want anyone to know I'm there. I don't want to be a stick. I want to be a vapor. A vapor? Yeah. You know, like water vapor. I just want to be there. Be around. Whatever you want to do, Ty. Whatever makes you happy. (laughs) So that's Survivor Week 2. I think we are off to a good start. I'm happy. This episode was a little predictable for me, but I've enjoyed the characters, and I will miss Molly getting sprayed in the face by a clam now that she's gone. But that gif will live on forever. Gif? Gif? Ah! I don't know anymore. Ty, any last words before we get out of here? If the preview for the next episode is telling of anything, I'm excited to see Vince try to play both sides. Hmm... Hope it doesn't blow up in his face. (laughs) Well, we will be back. Survivor Week 3. We're starting to get into the main chunk of the regular season, as Ty would put it. For Tyler B. Commons, I'm Taylor P. Gaines. And I think we're really impressed with ourselves and surprised that we handled this so well. So thanks for listening. (laughs) Go rate and review us on iTunes. We will see you next time. Oh, way, oh, way, oh, way. Bye. Bye. Good at making these things up. I listened to long form podcasts this morning. I listened to a sermon. I listened to the New York Times The Daily, which was only 30 minutes. Then I listened to a 90 minute improv podcast. And then I have four minutes left in Conan's interview. So only five podcasts. In one day? Not too not too many today.
I listen to like two a week now. Yesterday I listened to nine. Do you have a job? Or, <laughs> like I just don't understand how you have that much time. 